Welcome back to All My Friends Are In Bar Bands, with me, David James Young. I hope things are going well for you. I hope life is well. I I hope you've been catching a bunch of great shows in the time since I last spoke to you. Alright, this is a big weekend coming up. We have Yours and Owls Festival once again, and for the third year running, Bar Bands are going to be there capturing a bit of the action and chatting to some of the stars of the festival. That's going to be up next week. Very much looking forward to sharing that with you. But in the meantime, I have a very special chat with a good mate of mine that I've known for about seven years now. Uh, One of the most prodigious talents that I know. Uh, One of the best drummers in the country. The one, the only, Tim Commander. Tim is a Gold Coast-born, Sydney-based drummer. Uh, You will know him from his time in Operator Please, and currently on the circuit uh, with TK Maidza and Penau, drumming for both of those acts. Uh, He's done a couple of big tours with both this year, uh, and has been super, super busy. Uh, He's also a solo artist in his own right. Uh, He's got some new stuff coming out very soon in that regard. But uh, yeah, we've been wanting to do this since... Actually, when we met backstage uh, at Yours and Owls in 2016, we were just hanging out, and I told him about the podcast. He says, I'd love to do it. I was like, well, we will absolutely make that happen, dude. We've been trying for (laughs) ages ever since, but he's always been super, super busy. So I'm so glad that we were finally able to uh, take the time to get this done and, uh, yeah, kind of discuss everything that has gone on in Tim's life uh, since he started out at a very, very, very young age. And uh, the fact that he's still out there uh, bashing those skins and uh, making crowds go absolutely bunter wherever he may roam. So Tim Commander, guest on the podcast today. Very excited to be sharing that with you in just a moment. Just before we get there, though, as I'm sure you're aware, if you are a regular listener of this podcast, we can't do this without your help, without your support. Every little bit counts. So if you like what you hear and you want to share this with people that are maybe into the artists that we talk about or friends that love podcasts, all of that sort of stuff, please, please tell them to get involved. We would love to have them as listeners and supporters of this podcast. You can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe as well, obviously. Uh, That really, really helps. And if you are in a position to do so, it would be absolutely amazing to have you as a patron of the podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can help to support this podcast and me personally keeping the lights on and keeping this podcast going. If that sounds at all of interest, then head over to patreon.com slash barbands and let's see if we can't make a deal. 
Once again, that is patreon.com slash barbands. If you want to get in touch, uh, barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. That is the same for us on Twitter and on Facebook as well. You can go to allmyfriendsinbarbands.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from, we will be there. We will be waiting. We have a 100 plus episode archive waiting for you. So yeah, get in amongst and around that. See how you go. In the meantime, let's cross now to my chat with the incredibly talented and very, very kind and wonderful Tim Commando. James Young and all my friends in Bob Ants. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Tim Commander. Hello. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Nice to have you here. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's, uh, it's Friday afternoon. We're uh, at Tim's beautiful abode in Sydney. Uh, Tim's just come off tour with Pinal. Yes. Uh, did a quick run of shows in July, uh, including a massive one at the end more, and uh, Splendor as well. Mm-hmm. How, how was that, Matt? That was insane. I think the biggest show of the tour was definitely Splendor. I mean, yeah. for every Australian band to get to Splendor, they just throw everything they have into it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a two-week tour, and every show just got better and better. So by the time we hit Splendor at the end, it was just massive. Yeah, I can imagine. How long have you been playing with Pinal? A bit over a year. Yeah. So when they returned at the start of last year, doing the hot tub wine machine. Yeah, right. That's when I jumped on with them. How'd that come about? Was that kind of a friends of a friend situation, or did they like hit you up personally? Or um, it was a couple things. So I knew them because Operator Please back in two thousand eight supported them. Oh yeah, shit! On I forgot about run. that. It was like Horden Festival Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was us wow. and Sam Lamore on the bill. Right. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew the guys, and then last year when Chameleon, or the year before last, mm. when Chameleon came out, I was doing these drum covers at the time where I just drum over ah uh, yeah yeah of people's course. tracks and put them on my Facebook, um, and I put that up and it just got a bit of attention. Um, had a couple hundred thousand views. Wow. Um, we sent it to the guys and we're just like, if there's any shows coming up, I'd love to be considered. Mm-hmm. And um, a few months later, it just they're like, do you want to jump on? Perfect. Yeah. Oh man, and I can imagine the last year or so that's it's been crazy to think, you know, ten years ago they were playing those kind of massive rooms and to still be able to have that kind of draw as a band is, is... Totally. Like I remember watching it the big day out, like in the boiler room. Yeah. With all the strawberries. Oh god, yeah, that's fruit. right. <laughs> oh, memories. Good times. Speaking of memories, uh the first time we met, uh so bit of cross trajectory uh, lines here so the first time we met was what ended up being the last operator please tour uh which was the tour with sparkadia 
Yeah, right. Great Impressions Tour. The Great Impression Tour, which was a very, very fun run, I believe. Is that uh, at the Metro? Yes, uh, and, and at Wollongong Unibar. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. There was two nights at the Metro as well, and uh, uh, friends of the show Alpine were on that tour as That's well. Right. Yeah, they were fantastic. God, it's, it's, it's so weird. Like it, it feels like like a relatively recent time period, but you look at tours like that and it's just a graveyard of bands. You're just like, God damn, you know, things change. We're in a different generation now. Yeah, right? It's so strange. Mm. Like, I don't know, at the time, did you kind of sense that things were coming to an end for Operator Please? Like, you know, like, let's start at the end for Operator Please and and see see how we go. So we did the two albums, did two EPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We toured a hell of a lot for like... Like a good five years, mm. um, a lot of which was overseas. Uh, we just came back and we we toured some more and got to the end of the album cycle. And I think we'd just been going for so long that we were all not tired, but I think there was a lot of things that we missed out on in our late teenage years. Oh sure, yeah. Um, that's the sacrifice of touring, I guess. Is while you're having a great time and doing what you love, you're also missing out on important events with family and friends. So we got to the end of that period and we're like, let's just take some time to figure out who we are and what we want to do and then we'll come back once we're feeling good. Mm. And the guys, we all just went our separate ways and it was never like a decision like this is the end, but it just never really came back. Do you reckon it ever will? I don't think so. Yeah. It's it's it, like it's a tough one, isn't it? Because like it's one thing to kind of reminisce about a high school band, but it's one thing when your high school band becomes you know massive like mm. that. <laughs> yeah, because that was a that was a huge huge time. I remember getting sent that first EP when I was still working community radio. Cement, 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 cement. Yeah. The very same. I think it was like two thousand and six. Yeah, some yeah. around then. Uh, yeah, God. What was on there? It was like Teapot and like the very early versions of the Oh, that would have been the one before that. Oh, the one before that, yeah. Teapot, uh, Crash Tragic, Terminal Disease. Yes. And Ping Pong. Yeah, like the very early version of Ping Pong. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the next EP had the earlier version of Get What You Want as well. Yep. Because we then did an album version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I remember all of that, man. But like. It, like the second you start talking about stuff like that, it just all comes flooding back. It's weird, isn't it? Like you wouldn't. Yeah. Same. I haven't thought about this in years. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But uh, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's take it back to the very beginning first. I, I start these generally by uh, tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where maybe you were watching Rage or you were listening to music on the radio or anything like that, uh, where it changed to being. I want to play music, I want to play drums, I want to be in a band, I want to be a musician. Like, mm. uh, how did music kind of factor into your childhood? Well, my father was a musician. Right. And he, he used to play every weekend, it's like bar gigs, he'd do like, piano bars, and he had a home studio, so he'd make jingles right. and produce for people. Yeah, yeah. So I just always grew up around musicians. Um, my whole dad's family is very musical, so yeah, the get-togethers sure, sure, sure. were very music-central. I think just growing up, there's always been a thing inside of me that just knew music was going to be my thing. Yeah, Like, right. there was never another path, and I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but I just knew that it would happen. Mm. And I guess in my later years in high school, I always thought I was going to go to Griffith University on the Gold Coast and do a Bachelor of Popular Music. Right. So that's what I was thinking of doing 
And then Operator Please happened. Yeah. When I was in grade 10. So I was 15, and we did the Battle of the Band. And yes, that's right. Well, we're doing covers of Yeah, 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 Kings of Leon, just that, this whole new world of music that yeah, I've never been yeah. opened up to. That Amanda just, like, the strokes and. Yeah. Just that whole world. Um, and suddenly I was playing in this band and in another couple cover bands at the time. Mm. And Amanda was like, well, let's keep pushing on and playing. And everyone was keen. And then we got entered into this competition called Coke Live and Local, where you got to play in this big bus on the Gold Coast and so right. Paradise. And we got that. And that was like that weekend. So we had to cram together and write a couple of songs. And that's where Teapot and um, a couple of unreleased songs were first born. And then after that, it was just kind of like, all right, well, this could be a thing. Let's just see where it goes. Yeah, wow. And, and it went. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Drums was your f- first instrument, I can, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that that's kind ten. of the one that you've always kind of stuck with? Were you always kind of drawn to that? Yeah. I, when you're in grade five, ten years old, they say, all right, you can pick any instrument you want. Yeah. So I looked at everything in the concert band, and I just saw the drums and I was like I knew I didn't want to do flute or clarinet but I thought the drums was something I could learn and grow with yeah and so yeah I just hit that did like marching percussion and different percussion ensembles played in stage band concert band just anything that would have me wow so do you remember the first time that you performed live it would have been at the school music nights right so once a year they have the big extravaganza to showcase the school's talent and that was always a lot of fun. I love those. And like Classic. Stedford's. Yeah, yeah, Did you yeah. do school at Stedford's? Oh, yeah, of course. Man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that were my first experiences. But playing outside of school would have been the first Operator Please gigs. Really? Yeah. yeah. So that was your first proper band? Yeah. <clears throat> God damn, you really do never forget your first, right? Yeah. Holy Our first shit. residency was at Rick's Bar in course, the Valley. yeah. So we were doing every Wednesday night at 11 o'clock. I think it was like a 45-minute set. Yeah. So we'd finish school, pack the car, drive up, play the show, drive home like 2 in the morning, go to sleep, get up for school. Holy shit. <laughs> and that was kind of, yeah, the start, and everything was just kind of bubbling away. Were you were you all still underage at that point? Uh, yeah, we must have been. No. Yeah. Well, Amanda's two years older than I am. Right. So I was 15 at the time. So yeah, she would have been. Bloody hell. And you, you'd already get in residencies. Mm. Oh man, that's so funny. There are a lot of shows where our parents would have to sign waivers. Yeah, shit. In, or we hide in the closet. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you grew up on Goldie, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, right. And I can imagine like uh, being like in that kind of uh, area, like... If anyone else has, you know, that kind of interest in music that you do, you know, you all kind of clamor together, you know, it's just like, oh, you like this stuff, I like this stuff, well, we're friends now. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of the music that was happening was hardcore and heavy metal. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gokos was really into that. Not your your scene? No, but (laughs) I did, like I said, I just kind of wanted to play in any band that would have me, so there were a few bands where I was playing a lot of heavier stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. So, like the used... I mean, not that that's too heavy, but... Nice. Oh, man, that would have been sick. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. 
Ah, uh, they were the they were the coolest band at my high school in like year nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you for, you forget about that sort of stuff, don't you? Really, you just like like bands that you haven't thought about in years, and you're just like, man, they were all we were talking about. They were all on our folders and all that sort of shit. I mean, you guys were that for us as well, man. Like, because yeah, right. we bunch of bunch of kids my age saw ourselves in what you guys were doing, you know. Mm. And I was just like, fuck, that's amazing. It was crazy, man. Tell me about where Operator Please goes from there. Like, you've got that residency, you've played on this bus, you're starting to write songs and stuff like that. Is it just kind of a matter of just trying everything and and seeing what comes of it? Or, like, Um, did you kind of have an idea in the back of your head that this was kind of going somewhere? I I definitely felt there was some momentum that was gathering. Yeah. And during those residencies, that was a time where we had a lot of record labels and agents and managers come to check out the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was around that time that we signed with our management and they helped us through those initial stages and I think they saw the potential of everything. And, um, yeah, I guess with their help and all the people around us and our parents, we drove the momentum as hard as we could and we did, we did our first album in 2007 mm-hmm. and that was just a crazy time I remember we did the album at the Grove on the Central Coast Yeah, and the next day we left to go on tour with the Arctic Monkeys oh Jesus Christ and the day up so Arctic Monkeys were doing Splendor that year Yeah, that's as were right. Kaiser Chiefs and so they were kind of doing the same run of venues yeah and we ended up getting support for both the Kaiser Chiefs and the Arctic Monkeys. Whoa. So we were playing like Arctic one night, Kaiser Chiefs the next, and then just kind of moving around, and then Splendor. And I remember just blowing my mind. Like, just this yeah, 17-year-old. This happened the time of my life. I was so starstruck yeah. by Alex Turner. Yeah, dude, I can imagine. Like, people get starstruck by him It's like as adults now, yeah. but like, you know, being, <laughs> being like, Lord. what, you were like 17? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh man, like how do you how do you navigate that? Like, do you kind of look back on that time? Obviously, you would differently now, but like, do you look back at that time and just say, "What were we thinking? Like, what was going through your head at that point?" It does. Sometimes I think about it. It feels like a different life, like because it's been so long and that was such a, I guess, a high. It feels, yeah, it's like a completely different life. But yeah, when I think back to it, I mean, you just kind of got to be in the moment and write it while it's while it's going and have yeah. fun and listen to your friends and your family around you and try to stay as level-headed as you can. What do you remember about those first uh, run of like uh, headlining shows, like playing outside of Brisbane and the Gold Coast and stuff like that? Mm, what were we doing? I remember we, our first run, first proper tour was supporting Evermore. Oh, shit. Them? Yeah, man. Yeah, I was a big fan. It was us, Evermore, and a band called The Hamptons. Yeah, right. Who, a couple of them ended up being club feet oh sure yeah right yeah wow we did a lot of regional towns as well as major cities mm. so it was a real intro into national touring yeah you know we i remember there was one leg from like adelaide to sydney that took us a few days oh, and that's a brutal drive it is and yeah that's where we just learned to kind of cram together and be in tiny spaces and a real introduction to the touring life. Yeah, for better and for worse. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah. Like, it for every, like, you know, like, you don't speak to someone for, like, six hours just through this massive fight, but then 
eventually it all comes back around again, you know? Like, yeah, you, 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 you spend up. so much time hating these people and then loving them, and just that, that cycle of just being in such close proximity with people in a band, you know? Yeah, and, like, finding games to keep the experience yeah. sane. So we used to have this game where we'd take... We had a checklist um, of just different things we'd have to take photos of. Right. And so it's kind of like bingo, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first person to figure out the list wins, and congratulations. <laughs> things like that. I remember Taylor, the violin player, and I used to have a, a book where we wrote down every venue we played, and we rated the Lemon Lime Bitters. Because <laughs> we, we were underage. That's what you can drink, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Which is such a delicious drink. Oh, yeah. Underrated as fuck, man. Yeah, seriously. I'll, I'll go for it now. Like, even even these days. Like, uh, I ride hard for that shit. <laughs> Ostensibly, you're kind of growing up in public, you know? Like, you, you become of age as, you know, you're touring Australia and then the world and stuff like that. Like, uh... Do you feel like after, like you mentioned, after the band, like you were kind of catching up on stuff that you missed out on? Like, uh, I don't know. Do you feel like that's something you've leveled out and kind of come to terms with now? Yeah, I think, I mean, I love touring. I really do. I love playing shows and I love being on the road with people and the stories that come along with it. So I've definitely come to peace with being okay with missing out on things yeah sure and I know that might be hard on other people and it definitely is but it's something that I've I guess gotten used to yeah and sure, host sure, sure. operator please I was fine with it yeah right right when when did you like pick up again like uh, was colour coding the first thing post yeah. operator please that you did yeah so colour coding started happening around the end of operator please yeah yeah so Chris is my cousin yeah um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we, since we're about 15, we just used to make little joke songs and we right, did a random yeah. EP in my dad's studio. Yeah, right. So, well, like, well, why don't we actually try to make this thing? Mm. So that's when color coding happened. Um, we did one EP and two singles after that. Yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It's just the two of us and we had a bass player join us live. And, yeah, we did a few shows at the Beresford. We went to the Philippines. Oh, wow. There was a day, just one single day in the Philippines, where Color Coding was the most sold artist. Dude, that's amazing. And that, that's our, that's our top. Fuck, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> Philippines, what? Hell yeah, man, that's incredible. You, 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 gotta, you gotta take those wins where you can get them, right? That's right. <laughs> you, like you said, like, uh, you know, you don't kind of foresee... You know, things like Operator Please ever coming back. Like, uh, are there any, like, other, like, projects you've worked on in the past that you'd, you'd ever go back to? Or are you always kind of just, like, thinking about the next thing and, like, what you're going to be moving on to? Um, I guess I'm always thinking about what's, what's going to be next. Yeah. I think colour coding might actually make a appearance for one special run, ba- uh, one special fundraising night. Oh, nice. Next year. Sick. Um, details to come. I don't, I don't know. I'm always looking for more opportunities yeah sure yeah 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 I mean when did you start doing like just stuff by yourself that was maybe around the end towards the end of colour coding because mm. I'd always been writing like I started learning Ableton when I was about 20 right during the recording of the second album and I always just made music on my laptop because I just really liked 
hearing sounds mm. and making nice sounds. And then towards the end of color coding, when it looked like that wasn't going to continue to be a thing, yeah. I thought it's a perfect time for me to try and you know, come in my own and release my own music. Yeah. So I started a project called Alaskan Night. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can find it anywhere. But um, yeah, I released one EP, I did one show, and that was kind of the end of that after. Yeah, right. Why, why, why did it kind of, did it end kind of prematurely, or were you just like, okay, that's that, let's move on to the next thing? Yeah, I think it was just a natural progression. Like, it was a while since the last release, and what was going to be my next Alaska night release, mm. and my friend Jack Tilly said to me, the music's kind of different, why don't you, you know, start it fresh, right. be a new project, like, be Commander, make this your thing. And so that's where Commander was first born as my own artist. Yeah, right, right. And that's kind of now expanded out into, I guess, you know, not just doing your own stuff, but like a lot of remixes and drum covers and stuff like that. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know, it's a bit cool to kind of explore the uh, the potential ambiguity of just like, it's literally just you, so you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I, I guess it is a... And something that's always developing is it's a entity that can do different things mm. like drumming for other artists or yeah like release my music and remixes i feel like there's a lot of freedom within it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so now currently you have you've got that you've got Pinal. uh are you still drumming with tk as well yes yeah yeah so she released a new single last week did you or play on video it last week no right no, it's all produced. Yeah, yeah, so you, you're just strictly live. Yeah. Yeah, sick. How did that one come about? Uh, similar to the Pinal story, I put a drum cover up of Do It Right. Yeah, she nice. She was Martin Solveig and TK. Yeah, yeah. And then her management just saw the video and hit me up, said, do you want to drum live? And I was like, hell yeah. Man, you are on the ball with these covers, man. <laughs> <laughs> are you just specifically targeting acts you want to work with? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty savvy business plan. It has worked. <laughs> Twice now. <laughs> to start doing, like, I don't know, U2 covers or something yeah, like seriously. that. See how you go. <laughs> Reach for the stars. Right? Exactly. Why not? Why not? But, uh, yeah, like, uh, obviously, you know, you, you spend a fair chunk of time now doing that session work and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you are you focusing on any, any solo stuff now? Like, do you reckon you'll come back to doing more solo stuff? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm finishing up two singles at the moment. Yeah, sick. So it's been about two years since my last release. Right. And I just constantly wrote, and I never really felt, I guess, at peace with what I was writing, like it was truly me. Yeah. So I've just kept writing and writing, and I found a lot of the issue was not being able to include my drums and just being in the box too much. Right. Like, I love dance music, but I also love the live element of that and yeah my background is in studio recording and yeah, playing yeah. in bands so I wanted to find a way to incorporate that with my beats that I was making mm. um, so yeah I've a couple of weeks ago recorded the drums and I got Mickey Kojak to play keys and I got some string players in nice and we kind of just developed these songs that I made on my laptop um, and they yeah they're being mixed at the moment nice nice is that all instrumental stuff are you singing again or no I've that? got guest vocalists oh cool so the first single which is called Confess has a, a guy called Dan Mackey from Sun City okay 
the first band. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a new era. It's super exciting. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that's a, an exciting thing to have all of these different avenues to explore, you know, every kind of, you know, whatever, whatever music that you're passionate about to be able to, you know, be in a position to actively pursue that is a, is a really liberating thing. Totally. And um, I guess the liberty of working with other artists and singers and musicians, that's something I'm really excited about doing as well. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything else in the pipeline, like uh, touring-wise, recording-wise, etc.? Not necessarily. The next big thing is these getting these songs out and yeah. starting the next chapter of Commander, uh-huh. which will mean a new live show, which will be a big one. Previously, I think you saw my show a little while ago. Yeah, That's yeah, with, uh, with Yeo and with Yeo. Uh, Lonely Spec last That's year. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I want to develop that, maybe get more people involved and yeah. just see where I can take that as far as I can. Yeah, that was very cool. Now, for the listeners, Tim is performing with this massive drum contraption. Like, how, how would you describe that little that little cage you've got Kind of feels like there. a spaceship. Yeah, like yeah, totally. controls Just shit me. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, keyboards, pads, drums. Yeah, just as much as I can fit on, really. Yeah. Man, how, how long does it take you to set that up? I got it down to about... 35 minutes yeah. was my my peak. Oof. That's some Ikea shit right there, yeah, man. <laughs> you do something long enough, you figure it out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it is super exciting to, to hear about all this coming through, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very stoked for the future for you, dude. Thank you, David. Absolute pleasure. Now, uh, we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, now it is your turn, Timmy. I want to know about the best and the worst shows that you have ever played in your entire life? Wow. Great question. Thank you. Uh, Save the best for last. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, and I think it, being a session musician and having played with a lot of artists, yeah, there's going to be a best show for every band. Right, yeah. You know, I don't think I can take one from one band. Yeah. Um, lately, my peak show would be Penelope Splendor this oh, year. Oh, yeah. That looked unreal, man. Uh, yeah, I think that was, like, one of my favourite moments in my whole life. Oh, so dude, far. yeah. Uh, with TK, we did Lawn Falls. Mm. She did Just After Midnight on the amphitheatre, like, the main stage. Yeah, wow. And that was just insane. She slayed it. Um, I pray to please. Probably would have been... Some of the big day outs were so much fun. Oh, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We did, like, Glastonbury. Oh, dude. Probably put that up there, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Like, what's going through your mind at that? Like, was that on the first record? Yes. Yeah, Jesus. So, still, like, 18 years old. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, it's just 18. Fucking hell, man. (laughs) That's that's an incredible 18th birthday present. Yeah. Oh, man, what do you remember about, like, that day, that, that show? Um, I remember, I remember the drive in. So you go along, like, all these farms and then go down this really long dirt road. Mm. And we are playing at the park stage, which is, like, up kind of on the hill. So it wasn't too close to, like, the main area, but we drove for so long and there was just campsites everywhere. I was, like, truly astonished by how big these festivals are. Yeah. Like, you come here and you think Splendor's big, and Splendor's huge. 
that you go there and it's just like it takes you two hours to walk from one side to the other like it was just yeah. mind-boggling um, and I remember we had a chat with Luna Mariano on the phone yeah. before the gig classic and then I remember the show yeah and that was about it and there was a band after us called Daughter who played oh shit yeah not not like the English like uh Kind of like slow, like moody kind of indie band. That, yeah, I think it was. Was it them? Yeah, really. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think they were around back then. Wow. God, that's a bizarre trajectory. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, like, was it was it a, like a big crowd and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 Packed up the hill. It's gonna be crazy, it. dude. That's an incredible accomplishment. I I hate to bring it up, but. We need we need your worst, man. The worst show. We need some war stories. Uh, okay. There was a show in, I think it was Dublin. Uh huh. And it was in this weird like church type venue. I remember they had good burgers though. That was that was a good part to this show. So it wasn't all terrible. <laughs> um, and there was about two people that showed up, which is cool. Like you know, you have fun either way, and sometimes the less the better. Yeah. As long as everyone's getting into it, it's all yeah, that matters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just two people that really didn't want to be there. And it was just awkward. I was playing on this weird podium at the back of the room. And there was like a curtain behind me. I didn't realise the door was open. Right. Behind the curtain. Mm. And someone had opened it and grabbed my legs from behind. And it was just the most shocking thing I've experienced on the stage. And so like in a panic I just started kicking back. And I think I kicked someone in the head. But they didn't do it again. Um... (laughs) Fucking yeah, hell, that, man. That was probably up there. Jesus Christ. That's kind of fun. I guess it's more <laughs> comical than anything. <laughs> was it, it was just some random dude. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I didn't see him. I, all I felt was their hands on my ankles. <laughs> that, that is fucking surreal, dude. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, as you mentioned, uh, New Commander stuff will be out very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, TK tour in September. That's right, Flex and tour. Yes, sweet. And uh, anything, anything else coming up you'd like to to plug? Not at the moment. You're all good. Yeah, we ticked it, clocked thank it. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much for your time today, man. I really My do pleasure. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. I'm David James Young, and all my friends from Barbados. <laughs>